Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. Hi, and welcome to another edition of Senior Care Confidential. I'm here with Joe Alch. Good afternoon. And today we are talking uh, talking about a topic um, that's near and dear to my heart, um, as well as most seniors, I think. Um, we're starting to see more, more problem areas with this, and that is proper nutrition and hydration uh, within the senior community. And so today I'm joined with uh, Alec Moore, registered dietitian, licensed dietitian. Um, disclosure, I actually worked with Alec for a few months and we did some body recomposition stuff, which was amazing. And so uh, because of my experience with Alec, uh, we decided to invite him on the show today and have him talk with us about some preventative measures for us as we get into our 40s, 50s, and also for our senior patients in the 70s and 80s. So welcome, Alec. Thank you Glad so much here. for having me. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, guys. So give us a little bit of your background. So background, uh, I've been a registered dietitian for three years now. Um, wow. That's kind of crazy to say. Um, and I've been working uh, for my own company here for the last three years, taking on one-on-one consultations, one-on-one nutrition coaching, uh, sports performance, um, weight loss, uh, chronic disease prevention, yes. um, and even treatment too, um, because it is just a big, nutrition is a big part of that whole disease state, right? Prevention, yeah. treatment, and sometimes even reversal. Maybe. So are you using nutrition to help treat some of the chronic illnesses that you see? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So what got you involved? What, what <laughs> got your interest in nutrition and health? I love this question um, because it is far from where I had started originally in college. I went to school to become a U.S. Marshal um, and took a turn Wow. <laughs> and got into you know health and fitness and started working out myself. And I was like, I, I thought I had wanted to help others through the justice system. And so criminal justice was a no-brainer since I was like four or five years old. Um, and three weeks into it, uh, and a few conversations later, um, decided that I actually wanted to help people with their health and their wellness, but not, this was back in about 2015. And I didn't, want to do what everybody else was doing. I wanted to do it in a different way. And I loved food and I didn't realize that I loved food. So a couple, like I said, a couple conversations later, um, decided that the dietetics profession was something I wanted to kind of pursue, uh, and just learn the science of the human body, you know, anatomy, physiology, chemistry, et cetera, and fell in love with it. And once I learned a little bit more about the human body, I just wanted to learn more. <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to keep going. Um, and then from there I, I took it and I ran with it and here we are. So what is the number one question you get asked by your clients or patients? What do they want? What's the question? Uh, most times they're asking, what is the perfect diet or what is the one thing that's going to change everything? And it's really, it's actually, it's easier than that because it comes down to patterns. It's not, a quote unquote perfect diet that we're looking for. We're just looking for really good patterns for a consistent period of time. And I think most folks overlook that and they're just looking for that one answer, not like 
liquid patterns over time, right? They're looking for either that magic pill or, um, you know, a, a the latest fad that helps them lose weight. But what they don't understand when it comes to that is they're, they're missing something when they go through, the, like with these fad diets and such, some sort of nutrient or maybe a whole food group oftentimes. Um, and it seems like every day that goes by, we have another one that comes out, right? And people jump on it. But the issue is it doesn't teach weight maintenance. It just teaches weight loss and in an inappropriate manner too. Mm-hmm. Um, so biggest question that has to be, it has to be, what's the you know perfect diet for me um, type of question. And there is no perfect diet. It's, right. it's well, a balanced right. pattern over time. So I've heard doctors say the very best diet for 65 and older is Mediterranean. So what are your thoughts on that? That is a great point. And I would agree with that uh, in the sense that it is very good from an anti-inflammatory perspective, right? Um, And to prolong heart function, to prolong, I think, um, good circulation, that that would be ideal and to support the immune system too. But that has a name to it, right? And so I don't want to... I, I wouldn't want folks to think that they have to follow this. You know, it has a name and it's in a box and this is yeah. the only way I can be, you know? <clears throat> so Mediterranean can be a very good way to help you take on a more anti-inflammatory based lifestyle or nutritional into and or nutritional intake. Um, but it doesn't account for the other things, um, other Let's see. Um, so Mediterranean, right? That's your nuts and seeds and, and, and fruits and vegetables and, and fattier meats uh, and, and wine and dark chocolate. But there are other foods out there um, that are still health, healthy and can be utilized in a healthful pattern, but they might not be called, quote unquote, in the box of Mediterranean. So it, it leaves foods off the table. And we don't like to leave foods off the table. You know, it's just about how much is balanced of each food item. Do you think some of the reason for the labels is we get you so there's, we're just overwhelmed with choice. It's (laughs) like, you know, keto versus Mediterranean versus low carb versus high fat. Like there's all these things It just like, there's just so much information out there. I think sometimes by having just the box to stay into, at least to get started, could be something that's helpful. And then you, you kind of, you kind of start to show some improvement in your cardiovascular system, you know, your energy levels, and then you kind of figure out, okay, there's some, there's some foods like pizzas and whatever that, you know, on a, on a limited basis you can still have. And so I think that's when you start to add, cause I know, so yeah, I worked with Alex for, for a few <laughs> months. And initially, um, I think it was more ego driven, more like aesthetics, right? So I wanted to look better at 45. And so what I learned over time though, is I really, and he knows this, I hired him because I'm economically motivated. And so I I knew if I was spending money on a nutritionist, there's no way that I'm not going to, I'm not going to maintain this thing. Right. And so then I do weekly calls with him and those kind of things. And so what I learned over time though, is, um, once you kind of reset your thermostat, like in my mind, like a certain number or a certain feel or a certain, you know, clothing fit or whatever was, was kind of my old thermostat. And so once you kind of reset that, then you start to figure out, oh, these foods are okay because they fit within still the playbook. And so you kind of expand from there. But I think there is some use in doing like a um, a more box approach, like Mediterranean or something, just to kind of get you started. A framework. Yeah. yeah. And then you can kind of branch out from there. Yeah. And, and I will say just, I know we're not here to talk about Mediterranean, but there is a, an area of Greece 
They have no dementia. They, the, the longest, you know, it's the longevity rate for their seniors and they're healthier and they live by that Mediterranean diet. I think there's a reason why. Yeah. Yeah. And what is that reason? The Mediterranean. You beat me to <laughs> yeah, it. You beat yeah. me to it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, but I too, um, I had gained weight, the COVID twenty. And um, so I was <laughs> on a mission. <laughs> my my niece was selling one of those multi-level products. And so I got on the bandwagon and I did lose 20 pounds. And I'm not doing it hundred percent now, but I have learned, you're right. It's a pattern of wow, I was eating a lot of ice cream, Mm -hmm. you know, and you don't think about it or a lot of bread and, you know, and I'd snack a lot. And Mm so, you know, when you're paying attention to what you're eating, it's amazing how much we don't need. But isn't it easier now though, now that you've made the change, because I don't even think about it other than tracking stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even think about, um, the foods anymore because the the thermostat, I'll go back mm-hmm. to that analogy, the thermostat's already been set. So my body is already kind of tuned into, I want this, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have to spend a little more time on the treadmill or outside walking yeah. um, if I if I eat this thing. So it's it, it actually makes it really easy. Like we always want the, the easy button here, which is why we do everything with a pill and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Ironically, once you set it though, it actually is an easy pattern to fall, to fall into. Exactly right. And you know what I found too, like my particular diet was no sugar. And um, what when I do cheat and have sugar, mm-hmm. my stomach is so upset I have trouble <laughs> trouble sleeping. Oh, so oh yeah, I'm just, I mean, my body cannot handle the sugar and I was eating a lot. So mm-hmm. anyway, so we're so glad you're here. Well, So we're back to <laughs> what we're talking about, chronic illnesses and illnesses in the older population and what can we do with our diet. So. Yeah. So back to the Mediterranean diet with, with seniors though, part of the reason, um, it seems like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like from some of the research that that's been coming out here recently, a lot of cancers and a lot of dementia, like Alzheimer's, they're starting to now attribute to more of a metabolic type disease mm-hmm. than what we previously thought. Are you seeing the same thing? Yes. Yes. Chronic low grade inflammation. And that comes down to metabolic. And health. that's what it is. It's the chronic inflammation. And that, um, traverses the body and affects multiple different organs. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly right. And and I think most importantly, or debatably most importantly, the uh, immune system itself. Uh, because when your when your immune system starts to fight against something, and it can't win <laughs> over time, it's going to make that immune system work harder and harder and harder and therefore work against you. And that is what I, and what I'm referring to is metabolic health. So it starts to slow down that aspect of things. And uh, a, a good example would be that chronic low grade inflammation causing stress, or fatigue? I guess just chronic ignored fatigue and stress. Yes. Over years, right? The immune system starts to, going overdrive. Yep. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of, now this isn't necessarily a, a full medical diagnosis, but we're starting to see things like uh, overactive immune disorder, where we have uh, the immune system basically running your body. Um, and so that is... It's being, is that inequality, like in the classification of like autoimmune diseases? Correct. Those kind of things? Correct, yeah. Okay. And so my understanding is like, if we look at uh, biology mm-hmm. around the, uh, mainly the human body, obviously, that's what we're working with. Um, there seems to be like a lot of dials 
that we can play with, right? Mm -hmm. So when you talk about um, chronic stress being one of those, like mm -hmm. lack of sleep is one of those, like mm -hmm. not being able to relax, not being able to find like a, I don't want to say a sedative state, but a but a, a far less st a stressful state, like even doing like breath work through triggering the autonomic nervous system and those kind of things. And then nutrition is also one of those things because if you don't dial all these things in, then it's it's all these little triggers that increase the that inflammatory state you know, another level, another level, another Very level, well put. right? And so from what I can gather and in working with you too, it seems like the baseline of things would be obviously good sleep and, um, and, nu and the nutritional part of it. And then if you can mix in some things where you're doing some breath work or whatever to, to help with the relaxing part of it, mm -hmm. like those are really like the biggest dials like it's, it's like levers, right? Yep. You know, if you have a, if a lever long enough, you can move, you know, move the world or whatever. Like these seem to have the biggest impact on metabolic health, yep. chronic inflammation. Would you agree with that? Strongly agree. And, and I think they're very undervalued. Um, the, the breath work, the attention to the stress and, and where we are with that on a daily basis. I think we've just gone as a society way past that and we ignore it. it's like oh i'm supposed to be stressed i'm you know we're just in in the grind you know for years and years and that can you know you can certainly get great accomplishments with that sort of lifestyle but what comes you know metabolically from that gotcha. year in and year out of that that stress that chronic low grade stress what are you seeing as the biggest culprits in in terms of di dietary guidelines or nutrition or whatever with the clients that you work with or let's let's not say cuz i know you work with some some athletes too let's let's say you're like the ones who come to you who have you know chronic inflammation or some sort of a chronic disease what are the what are the key things that you're finding that um I don't want to say that they're doing incorrectly, but there's a there's a flaw somewhere in in how they're incorporating proper nutrition in their mm -hmm. life. What, do, what would you see are the like the main factors of that? Yes, is it, it lack of information? Is it lack of motivation? It's habits, don't you think? It's it, just it does come down to a lot habits of habits that are hard to break. Very, very, very true, and that's broad. But I think a lot of people can relate to that, mm -hmm. um, and so. I think there, yeah, there's a lot of information out there and a lot of it nowadays is very polarized uh, because of the media and things like that. Because um, um, highly fractured opinions sell. Exactly right. So let's yeah. just, pick, let's just <laughs> yes. pick a disease. So I'm yeah. thinking of diabetes. You know, so many now are developing um, adult onset diabetes mm -hmm. and a lot of it is diet, a mm -hmm. good you know, a good reason for it. Mm -hmm. So what can that person that just went to the doctor, his blood sugar is elevated, he's fairly healthy, a little bit overweight, what would you recommend for him? And they may have given him like a pre-diabetes diagnosis. Yeah, like That's a, usually where it starts. Yeah, pre-diabetes, maybe they gave him a pill to take. Yeah. Um to lower the sugar, what would you how, what would you recommend? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think uh pre-diabetes is one of the easiest to you know, if you jump on it and, and take action, I think that uh, you can really resolve things pretty quickly, turn things around for your, you know, blood sugars and things, obviously with many other factors involved, but generally speaking, and in my own experience, uh, prediabetes has been fairly simple to get worked out. And it comes down to your protein intake, your fiber intake, and obviously your carb intake too. Um, 
and, and obviously we don't want too, too much of that, but it's not about just going on a low carb diet <laughs> or a high protein diet. Um, but you do want to go moderate to high in protein for your, obviously your specific, you know, needs. Um, and you want to space these meals out, pair that protein with the carb, never have carbs or have, you know, minimal carbs that are not paired with the protein. So pair your carbs with the protein and put some fiber in that meal as well and have a few even rather evenly distributed meals throughout the day to help balance that blood sugar. Um, and so you won't have those spikes that drop um, and you won't have any just random plummets from homeostasis or baseline. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll have that you know normal spike, but then you have protein and fiber to help slow down that spike and not let it get as significant and not come down as significantly either. Uh, and so when we do that, we help that blood sugar, you know, stabilize and get that A1C down into an appropriate range. And also movement is another one, not an over, you know, over exercising or anything like that, but just incorporating daily movement mm -hmm. is great for that. And, and that's before any supplementation, right? It's just protein, fiber, movement, evenly distributed meals throughout the day. Um, and the movement is important because why? Because it's, it's causing the, the, the blood vessels are going to dilate to mm -hmm. push more blood flow to the tissue. Yep. The muscle tissue is requiring glucose through various means mm -hmm. for energy, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why it lowers your overall blood sugar is mm -hmm. because the exercise is making use of the sugar versus it sitting in your bloodstream and causing all the damage? Correct. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes. Okay. So yep. good examples of fiber. Good examples of fiber. Let's start with one of my favorites is chickpeas because they also bring a lot of other vitamins and minerals and they also bring a lot of healthy fats. So it's like you're getting a, a few birds with one stone there with chickpeas. Um, that's a great one. Anything whole grain uh, or, or, or whole wheat um, is going to be a great source of fiber for you. Um, obviously most veggies, uh, sweet potatoes, carrots, broccoli, you know, green leafy greens, that's going to have some, um, good amount of fiber as well. Um, and then avocado is another really good. I yeah. love avocado. Oh, it's so good. There are yeah. just, it's so packed with nourishment and of such a variety, um, with healthy fats again, um, you know, unsaturated fats and, um, the fiber as well. So uh, you can't go wrong with avocado, you know, I think you and I may have talked about this on the phone not too long ago, but I don't, I don't know that you're aware, but I was listening to this guy. If I, if I could remember his name, I would give him credit, but he's a, a physician who works in anti-aging and I was listening to him uh, being interviewed in this podcast. And he was talking about, he actually did a continuous glucose monitoring thing. Um, and so he intentionally kind of ate the same way for like the first period of time while he was on it, he ate just how he normally eats. And then he tried tweaking like different things, timing of days or whatever, to see what kind of impact would this have on my glucose monitoring. So again, this is a sample size of one, but I think, I think the science is still valid. Um, and what he found was, to your point about eating protein with your carbs and not eating carbs by itself, he found that if he ate the protein off of his plate first and then had his carbs, it actually did not spike his sugars as much. Same plate, wow. just the order and how he ate it. Fascinating. Yeah. Wow. So again, sample size of one, but there's, you know, right. he said there needs to be more research on this, but you know, I think part of that's because 
protein and the fiber is moving slower through the gut mm -hmm. tract. It's probably slowing down, you know, it's the train. It's, yep. it's, it's keeping everything up here versus getting into the digestive system mm -hmm. fast enough. And mm -hmm. that's probably what's keeping the, the sugars modulated to some degree, but yeah. fascinating. So yeah. just even stuff like that, there seems to be some, some trends or really well, trend, a trend of one. Um, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But there's still, there's little hacks like that, that you can, that you can do to, to bring down sugars as well. Yeah. Absolutely. In terms of, um, we, you and I talked about a lot about macronutrients and those kind of things. And I know obviously everybody's caloric needs and macros are going to be different. We should probably define macro what for the audience, but define a macronutrient. Yeah. Uh, macronutrients are going to be protein, fat, and carb, which are the main drivers of the energy within your, your food. Okay. Um, right. and so they're broken into three different categories. Yeah. And Everything so you eat either contains protein and or fats and or carbs. Got it. Okay. And so those are like the build, the basic building blocks of energy and nutrition. And then is there a, again, notwithstanding the fact that if you're an athlete, you're going to, you're going to, your, your macro splits might be a little bit different. Is there kind of a generic baseline, um, macro split that most adult humans, <laughs> as if we're talk, talking about anything else, that most adults should be, work, should be um, concerned about or trying to hit. Or is that a, not even the right approach? Not necessarily the right approach, but I think what might help a lot of people is honestly giving a number here. Okay. Um, and that would be 50, 25, 25. So 50% of your caloric needs coming from carbohydrate. Uh, and this is with no background taken, right? No sure. yeah, individual yeah. Yeah. caveats there. Yeah. History or anything. This is very, very, very generalized, but 50% carbohydrate calorically speaking, 25% from protein, 25%. It's just a very easy way to distribute it and remember it. Yeah. Um, and still keeps you balanced, quote unquote balanced. If you had like an average size person of 150 pounds, what would that look like in terms of, can you do the math fast in your head? I have a phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the reason I'm asking is because most people are going to be somewhere around that, you know, five foot six to five foot 10 yeah. area, somewhere around. Well, how about we pounds? use 2000 calories? There we go. Because yeah. We use it for all of our labels. There we go. So 2,000 calories, 50% of, of that would be 1,000. And there are four calories per gram of carbohydrates. So, so 250. 250 carbs. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then 25% of 2,000 would be 500 divided by four for protein because there are four calories per gram of protein as well. 125 grams of protein. Mm -hmm. And there is not, however four calories per gram of fat, there is nine. Right. So 500 divided by nine would be about 55 to 56 yeah. grams of Which is why fat. peanuts and cashews and almonds, they're good. Mm -hmm. But they, you gotta be careful with those if you're on any kind of weight loss mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I, I love They'll peanuts. They'll sneak up on you. They will sneak up because they're, it's like double, more than double the amount of calories per gram yep. versus like a protein or a carb. I, with yeah. with my diet that I've been on, I can have 10 almonds. Like as it's a free food. Mm -hmm. Like if I get hungry, <laughs> I don't have to count them. <laughs> Isn't that pitiful? But um, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, I just having it. I have so many clients that are overweight, and you know, it just you are what you eat. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I think for those listening that are overweight, they maybe they have some therapy issues. They, you know, they're just slower. Their, their metabolism slower. They have health needs. Mm -hmm. Where, how do you start? Mm -hmm. Just give us some tidbits, you know, we all know that X number of calories, they need mm -hmm. to be this and that, but what do you do? If you're, if you're overweight, let's say a hundred pounds, you're mm -hmm. 70 years old, you've got, um, you know, chronic 
asthma, let's say. Mm -hmm. So how would you approach that client? Yeah. Um, I think just overall awareness of current intake and current output. So activity uh, or not, you know, there might be a lack lack thereof. Um, But I think it comes down to initially awareness. Where am I at? Where do I want to be? And what am I currently doing? What's one thing I can change today to take this step forward on this new journey, right? If that's the case. It could be a 15-minute walk once per day. As simple as that. Yeah, I love that. Oh, circulation and some sunlight. It's a beautiful thing. You get vitamin D. You get, you know, increase of oxygen to tissues. You get just an improved sense of well-being, honestly, in just 15 minutes. That's it. So... Simple things like that, right? It's not about, okay, let me follow this meal plan to a T mm-hmm. and, you know, do sprints in my backyard and completely cut out this and that. It That just makes things too complicated. You're going to fail. And you're going to fail I know, before you even start. I know. When I was starting working with you, like the first week that I did not, like the first day I didn't like nail the macros, like within a few, <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. Yep. Because you feel like you failed, yep. even though, man, like- 95% of the time I, I'm hitting this. Yeah. So I think there's a difference between like optimal and like perfect. Yep. And I think optimal also includes lifestyle in, in, in family dynamics. And, you know, mm-hmm. we still, we still gather together to eat a lot of times, especially yeah. like in senior living communities. So, so I think we kind of have to have some um, appreciation for that aspect. So I, I think perfection um, yeah. should not be the goal. No, because um, you'll be chasing it forever. That's right. Yeah. And you'll just leave yourself <laughs> frustrated. Like, okay, I failed yeah. again today. So, you know, what's the use? And so I think you'd be careful with, with that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so back to the macro thing, just real quick on the, so I looked up, there's a thing on um, <laughs> the government. There's a thing on the government's website called myplate.gov. You ever mm-hmm. heard of this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> so at some point we're going to stop listening to the, anything out of Washington, but right now on myplate.gov, if you put in, I think I put in, I think I told you last night, it was like 84, an 84 year old male who weighs a hundred, who weighs 150 pounds. What was that? What was it you told me just now with the, the, uh, the, the amount of uh, protein grams for, for like a oh, 2000 uh, calorie person was like 125, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so for this 84 year old male, with who weighs 150 pounds, they had him at 37 grams of protein. Like you might as well just live on a couch. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. I think a lot of the a lot of the nutritional stuff is it's it's a combination of the confusion is there's all this noise, mm-hmm. all these different types of diets, these fad things. Um, there's um, um, also poor information and education coming mm-hmm. out of you know the powers that be the people mm-hmm. who are supposed to have our best interests who are all eating mm-hmm. you know central market whole foods right. trader joe's <laughs> <laughs> right right so i think it's a combination of all that kind of stuff so even like the Find government author- you know authority mm-hmm. you know where you if you go on there and they literally give you a calculator you weren't concerned about how much you eat and it's mm-hmm. it's you know, as much as I give a, a grief about the RDAs, mm-hmm. this one says, "Hey, you can just type in your age and your and your and your weight." And I'm like, "Awesome!" So maybe this will, you know, stratify based on age. It doesn't. No. Thirty-seven. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you can't even rely on that kind of stuff. And no. so this is where I think having this is why I hired you because I, I mean I read I read a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's helpful to have somebody who who's in your corner who just to be who can make it specific for you. Mm-hmm. So in those circumstances, and I know we've already we tried to send you a couple of clients as well, and I think um, Joe's got a few that she wants to send over. For the audience members who want to get contacted in contact with you to kind of go over a specific, whether you do a, and how does that work? Let's do this. How does it work getting started with you? Do you do mm-hmm. like an initial consult to kind of figure out, hey, am I the right person for you? How does that work? 
Yes. So always do a phone call, sometimes even a video call so I can really connect because uh, with everything I do, it's mostly virtual. Um, yeah. I do some in person here locally, but uh, and with that, I still want to be able to feel connected to you. I want to be able to, you know, you to see my expressions and vice versa and so on. So either a phone or video consult. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, free just to dive into what it is that you're experiencing and to see if I can even help you because I don't know everything yeah. <laughs> by any means and uh, I might not be able to. So it, it addresses um, a, a sort of a game plan or a, a strategy to, of how we can help you if we can help you. Um, and then we go from there on getting things squared okay, away. From. Gotcha. And then the best way to contact you, if someone wanted, wanted to set up a time with you, how, how do they do Yeah. That? You can uh, reach me at either Instagram, Alec the Dietitian, or an email address, which is my last name, more, the number two, nutrition at gmail.com. And we'll put that on the screen so the audience can see that. That way it'll, I don't have to memorize it or misspell it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. This Thank has been guys. great. There's, we could ask you a question for hours, honestly. So we're going to have to have you back. Well, and he and I, I get, we'll, we'll get on our soapboxes periodically anyway. Can <laughs> I ask one more, just, just a little, um, vitamin D. I know that oh, we didn't yeah. get to talk to that. Tell us the benefit of vitamin D and we can get that over the counter. Is that correct? Absolutely. Okay. Oh yeah. It's very yeah. cheap to get outside. It's free. Yeah. <laughs> it is free. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're taking a supplement, vitamin D, how, how can that benefit? someone. Yeah. So every cell in our body utilizes vitamin D and the majority, I don't know the percentage, so I can't say that, but the strong majority of Americans are either insufficient or deficient in vitamin D. Um, and so you can get it through food. It is just in foods that most people don't eat regularly. And so most of my clients do supplement, uh, at least some amount. Um, but I, most people will take it on an empty stomach because they think that they're supposed to take vitamins on an empty stomach, but you want to pair it with some sort of fat content uh, because it is a fat soluble vitamin. And for the, on the only way you can get it absorbed into your body is through a something that contains fat. Um, so it could be avocado, peanuts, almonds, cashews, cheese, dairy products, the list goes on. Um, but that can help with cognition cognitive uh, decline that could fix that uh, if it's stemming from low vitamin D, obviously. Um, helping wound healing, a lot of healing stuff uh, for vitamin D. Um, uh, fatigue, a lot of times is vitamin D. Uh, oh, so many people come to me with fatigue and a lot of times it's from just nutritional inconsistencies and stressors that aren't addressed and everything like that. Um, but many times it's the vitamin D and you give them that for a week or two and paired with, you know, a fat, something that contains fat and they're like a whole new human just wow. running around. Yeah, yeah. And they, they, they vocalize it to me. They're like, it's, it's gotta be the vitamin D. I'm like, it's some other nutritional things that you're right. doing now too, but <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they did a study, um, several years ago, um, out of France and they looked at a bunch of women who had, um, hip fractures and they found that over 50% of them in this study were vitamin D deficient. So mm. it, it's even a bone strength issue too. Yeah. And so this is where we talk about being like optimal and perfect. Like yeah. optimal, perfect would be getting it from your, from your nutrition, like your normal foods, not mm -hmm. having a supplement, getting some sunlight and those kind of things. But there are people who 
you know, for various reasons, can't eat certain types of foods, or they don't have the ability to get out. It's 110 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I'm not sticking a 95 year old outside today, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there are some limitations in like the perfect world. So yeah. that's where the supplementation comes in. But same yeah. with, uh, uh, just a good point I think to add would be the digestive complications or conditions, illnesses, diseases within the gut, um, creating malabsorption or, you know, chronic, um, insufficient absorption of some sort of nutrient. And it's a big thing we see yeah. within se the senior population. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a big one. Very good. Yeah. Alec, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you guys. Thank great. You. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Have a great day. We appreciate you and all your great information. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks, Alec.